Things Musicians Don't Talk About is supported by the Royal Society of Musicians. Since 1738, they have been providing vital financial assistance, advice and guidance to music professionals unable to work due to accident, illness, stress or anxiety. Whether you're working as a performer, administrator, technician or teacher and everything in between, they're there to help. If you know of someone in need, you can contact them in confidence by visiting their website, which is www.rsmgb.org, or you can contact them by ringing 020-7629-6137. Support their work by becoming a member or donating today. Hello and welcome to Things Musicians Don't Talk About with your hosts, Hattie Butterworth and me, Rebecca Toll. Within our vibrant musical world, it can often feel that the struggles and humanity of musicians is lost and restricted. Having both suffered in silence with mental, physical and emotional issues, we are now looking for a way to voice musicians' stories, discuss them further and to connect with the many others who suffer like we have. No topic will be out of bounds as we are committed to raising awareness for all varieties of struggle. So join me, Hattie, and guests as we attempt to bring an end to stigma by uncovering the things musicians don't talk about. things musicians don't talk about. Today we are in my beautiful lounge and we are interviewing the wonderful, the glamorous, the internationally renowned... (laughs) Too much. (laughs) Okay, I'll take that one back. Uh, (laughs) Erin Akuba! Me wooing myself. Yeah, woo me! No, hi. How are you today? I'm good. Lovely. Awake. Alive. Thriving. All of it. So good to see you. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Yes. So you and Rebecca go way back. Oh my god, totes. Yeah. Do you where how when did you meet? Academy. Academy. And it would have been It was actually a quintet rehearsal where you were depping for Thomas. And we played through Ollie Davis's arrangement about Strauss. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What Strauss? What Strauss? Um Mouse. Oh my god, it was impossible. It was I could so I could I couldn't play it it's at so all. Fantastic. No, none of us could play it. No. We're in a tiny, tiny room. Basically the perfect The perfect meeting character. place. Yeah. yeah. Um So you did your undergrad and yeah. just undergrad. Just undergrads. And yeah. then did you leave and fly away? No, since yeah, since I finished in COVID, I kind of initially my plan was because I'd started doing some freelancey stuff, I was like Oh, I'll like see how that goes and not apply for a postgrad. Love it. If it's a disaster mm. and I'm not making enough money, um, then I'll do a master's and just sort of like mill around until more comes in and then do it. But of course that plan was completely scuppered um, and I didn't make any money anyway. <laughs> um, but then from hearing from people like obviously like covid masters was a bit dead so I yeah was like, a waste I don't... of your money yeah yeah so that was the thing also like financially i was like i can't be bothered with like yeah yeah all of that but then was it your last year that your quintet took off or was it like third it feels like it's been going quintet not quartet what did i say quintet yeah right but because you guys won rule overseas league yeah, quite recently. Oh, but that was more recently than... I think so. This is the thing. I'm so bad Don't worry dates. about it. But it's been going but, a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly we... I mean, there's been like... I mean, not that many shifts of players, but we basically s- spoke about it, a group of us, um, when we were on MYO. Oh, and we had like four of us all set up. We just didn't have a horn player. Um, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I've got... A horn player friend at school, Robin. Legend. She should um she should do it. Um and so basically, yeah, we just like set it up and it's sort of gone since then and it was in our I think it must have been our second year. Either first or second year, we like 
got this opportunity like through academy to go do essentially what was just like a practice residency uh in france this guy um david wilson johnson or jumbo as he goes by <laughs> to his close friends um i just I, like everyone calls him jumbo but it's he english. yeah english he was, he was like no it's not it's not jumbo jumbo <laughs> Or Jumbo. Uh, no, it's a... It's a... <laughs> no Jumbo. No Jumbo. <laughs> Only Jumbo. 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 Um, he basically, like, gets young groups out and is like, I'll give you, like, three concerts, uh, full length, two halves. Oh, wow. Um, but you can't repeat any repertoire. Oh, Go. And so, obviously, us, like, as a young group, it was like, we have literally played, like, four or five pieces um and now we needed to find 15 or 20 um no exactly you joke but like we've gone back like a few times and there was literally a case where concert one we did avald one concert two we did avald two concert (laughs) three we did avald three and concert four we did avald four who's avald avald Avald. quintet guy how do you spell that name e w a l d avald yeah victor who was avald did he write anything else? Do we really want to talk no, about it? No, no, no. Just... Yeah, let's quit. Let's quit that one. Okay. okay. I mean, I could literally talk about it for ages from all the... Yeah, I mean, I have to introduce concerts. I have to talk about... It. And when I do outreach with Quintet, it's always like, oh, yeah, so there was this Russian geese, and his name was Victor Avald, and they were like, oh, he's a geese. Oh <laughs> um, you're talking my language now, though. Yeah. I want to know about yeah, exactly. the geese are. It's, it's, it's exciting. Anyway, um, no, it was in... I were basically from doing all that stuff in France and we learned like had to learn all this music, um, which of course at the time massively stressed us out. But then years down the line, Jumbo was like, like I did it on purpose to like push you and to rehearse lots a and legend. to, uh, to have all the repertoire. Um, and yeah, so we did that. And then it would have been in our third year that we then applied to do the Philip Jones competition. Um, and then it was in the summer that like the live rounds happened, mm-hmm. um, which was a roller coaster. I don't think yeah. the rest of the group would mind me saying that, but certainly we had like a rough time. It was very intense. Um, also, most of us at the time were already living together, like four of <gasps> the five of us oh, yeah. in the group all lived together as well as playing. And uh, yeah, it was just... A lot. Because that's the thing that strikes me about you guys is always seems that you get on super well. Mm -hmm. And would you say that's kind of true, like, overall? Overall, yeah. I mean, I think socially... I mean, we all have... Again, because of, like, Robin and I, for example, have known each other since Mm -hmm. we were, like, nine and ten years old. Um, And then most recent friend, Harry, um, is, like, we both play the trumpet. We're the same age. We're the same year. We have gone through the same whatever journey. Um, that there's like different closenesses mm, yeah. with each of us, um, but certainly like this year or last year, I forget. This is the thing. I'm so bad with dates when it comes to quintet. Um, it's been an, an endless. It just joy. too many. Just too many things. We're just doing <laughs> too much. It's just um, unplottable. It's just. <laughs> stratospheric now it was the thing we did uh city music foundation i think that's coming to an end now and part of that what they offer to their artists is um i forget the official title and again they'll get really annoyed at me but essentially like a counselor mm-hmm. i think that is the what they refer to it or yeah. like a mentor nice but essentially obviously for us the artist is a group of five. Yeah. And so it's sort of turned into group, group therapy. therapy. Oh, wow. Um, which I think was like a bit weird because, as I say, most of us all living together, um, apart, it was Harry was the only one that didn't live with us. Um, the, because of all that, then COVID happened and we all moved out of that flat and we were mm. like, None of us are going to live together anymore. That's probably for the best. Um, although saying that, like, Chris and Alad now live together or whatever, but, like, that dynamic's fine. They've, they're nailing that. Um, but for all of us to be together, it was too much. Mm. And from that, 
like we had conversations about it and i think it felt a bit awkward the first time we next rehearsed we were like oh so like last time i saw you was like <laughs> i guess when we said we weren't gonna live together ever again cry um <laughs> But then, like, actually speaking about it, it was like, yeah, because, like, that we realised, like, oh, that was too intense and yeah. it was too much uh, of this. But certainly with this uh, City Music Foundation thing, uh, we sort of went into it, especially me, um, who I sort of feel like I'm the, the person that knows everyone mm. the best, like, you from a central... Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. You're so the- I, like, connect everyone. I'm the glue of the ensemble. <laughs> uh no but in yeah in that regard sort of i've spoken to people and like what they have issues with and then like i'll try and like not set up a conversation or whatever but just sort of like yeah felt like i'd got us through a lot of stuff and that all of us together had gotten through a lot of it that to then suddenly have this like woman be like i mean she was fabulous love her to bits um but yeah 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 yeah, yeah, of course she yeah i mean she was She she was excellent. I mean, she was. She was really great. But I did go into it like, we've sorted out issues and we now talk about things and we are like super open about whatever. And in reality, before every single, um, there were mostly just Zoom calls. Mm. I don't think we had a single in-person meeting. Uh, But we knew what we were going to talk about or what needed to be spoken about. I can maybe count one or two times that someone like threw in a rogue something that we hadn't spoken about and then we were all sort of caught a bit off guard which I guess is kind of what the point of it yeah. was um it's quite intense sounds like a lot yeah chamber ensembles in themselves themselves can be quite intense mm-hmm. so actually also five people managing five different like personalities and, and... brass players as well yeah. my gouache Different but now you're kind well. of taking over the world as solo Aaron as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. World domination. How do you manage being solo Aaron as well as quintet? I guess, do you prioritise going forward solo stuff? Yeah, how do you balance it all? Yeah. Well, certainly at the moment, um, with quintet, it's where it's like great in comparison to like any orchestral stuff that I do that... Quintet is booked so far in advance, and similarly, so is like solo stuff. That um, in reality, it sort of like goes in my diary. Like we're doing a concert next week that we probably Quintet are doing a concert next week that we probably got booked for like over a year ago, mm. and now it's just like finally come around. Um, that then everything else just sort of like slots around. Mm. Um, but no, I think in reality, like Quintet and solo me. It's like a very similar type of musician and very similar approach um, in playing, like technically and musically, um, in comparison to like going to orchestra where it's a lot of like fitting in and mm. it's like whatever. Mm. That's interesting. I'm not thought of it like that. Does it feel like easier going in a, into an orchestra or is it just different? Um, yeah, do you kind of feel like you can breathe out when you're in an orchestra, like this more relaxed? No. Okay. Because I think that the comfort, obviously, of like a group that I played with since yeah. I was 17, in comparison to um, going into the, profes- the profession and orchestral scene and trying to fit in musically and a lot of the time, more importantly, socially, mm. um, is not easy mm. and it's taken a while covid was good for me actually in terms of like getting some space from it and um realizing who i am as a person and what's important to me which isn't necessarily like going going along with mm. lad chat and brass just general shenanigans mm. which is fun like it's not to say that like I like. There's no way that I can like, pr- like, innocently put my hands up. Like, oh no, I, I'm, I've never, never gone to the pub. I've never had a beer with the boys. Never, I'm never. Sexual. Absolutely no. I just go home and read my books yeah. and do yoga. No, like absolutely not. Um, but but that's not the centre of what. No. You want to do. I would. Yeah. I guess. I was ask about the social side of 
being in orchestras and kind of, you know, working as a musician because um, you are black and you are gay. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> Plot twist. Oh my God. You're not supposed like a... to tell people that. Sorry, it's confidential information. <laughs> you would never know. It's no. an audio podcast. No. Aaron's yeah, Instagram true. doesn't share anything yeah. no. at all. It'd be true. No, I wear a mask the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, like I can't imagine that it's been all plain sailing and easy, uh, especially in the classical music industry. Hmm. If you'd be comfortable talking about it, what have your experiences been like in terms of being in a, in, in a kind of environment where that's not necessarily the norm? For sure. I mean, I guess it's kind of like, um, I mean, I've never thought about it like this, but I guess it's kind of like three eras, mm-hmm. as it were, of like what my experience has been. So like the first era was like when I was still in my undergrad, pre-COVID, um, the first bit of work that I did was... Um, the beginning of my third year, um, I was playing fourth trumpet in something. Can't remember, but it was. Uh, I mean, that was like nice. And who else was on? Caitlin was playing as well. Um, so I had like a close friend there, and it like felt nice. It was the first time for both of us going in. LSO. It was the first time the two of us had gone in there. He Clang. Said he said it. Clang. Um, and it was really nice. I had a really nice time, and everyone was very like um welcoming and uh this or whatever but in reality again because it was first time I took everything like really seriously and like I um was very like inside myself um so in that regard I didn't experience very much as like a first time going in it was actually quite pleasant and Mm -hmm. I was like I'm excited to do more of this um and so then started the whole like trumpet world craziness of like here's a vacancy in every single orchestra ever um and so it was like audition 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 um and uh very fortunately i was uh offered trials everywhere um and there there was like a weird uh, a weird thing of like it also happened at my time at academy that basically lots of people would credit my successes to positive discrimination and that the reason that I was doing well was that it made orchestras look good or it made the academy look good to have a black guy uh, playing principal trumpet in whatever or like a specific example was like in academy it was in my second year actually it was the first time i got principal trumpet in academy symphony orchestra which is a massive deal it's a big deal it's a huge yeah Yeah. i mean it it was it was in the cv i still have Um, (laughs) (laughs) like like, you went to academy and played first trumpet mm -hmm. massive massive deal but um no in the concert it was um the main piece was uh, Rachmaninoff uh, Symphonic Dances. Love that piece. Um, but the first piece in the programme, or the second, I can't remember, uh, was Rhapsody in Blue. And so I was getting comments from my peers, my friends, being like, of course you get the black guy to play the jazz. And I was like, I don't know whether you're like... Is this a joke? Or? Is, this a, like, is this a joke? Or like, are, are you saying that like... Like, are you, like, being on my side, being like, oh, like, that's so bad of them. Like, of course they would, like, try and do that. That's so confusing. But you didn't say that. No, of course not. I didn't say anything. I was just sort of like, oh, my God, I'm excited that I'm playing first trumpet and something. But it's like, it has, of course, it has to be broken down by someone into being because Mm -hmm. of a reason other than you're worthy to be there. Then started this really weird, like downfall but also like massive acceleration and like my playing that basically I went completely inward mm-hmm. and was like I'm going to practice on my own no one's going to hear me play apart from like where I need to perform or whatever uh, but I'm going to work my ass off am I allowed to swear? yeah All right, okay. oh my god yeah please no no that's fine not swear okay like literally work my ass off um trying to be better to prove them all wrong for the next time the auditions come round and so then they did 
um, again for like academy projects, um, and I got more stuff. I'm like, yes, I've like fucking proved them wrong. Obviously, they're the complete opposite. Yeah. Because then it was like, oh, they're just doing more. And then there was like, spe uh, specifically, there was this um, fanfare by Bert Whistle. I think it was a brand new piece mm. to open up the new theatre, uh, the new opera theatre at the Academy. Um, and it was all very dramatic. In reality, <laughs> very camp. That basically there were like, there were two trumpets like in the, in the... Brilliant audience either side at the top um and on stage there was a line of four trombones and then up um at the front of the stage was me <laughs> on my own and the curtains would draw and i would play like it, honestly it was so dramatic and thinking back i i live like it was amazing but it would just start with me basically just playing on my own for about 30 seconds wow. then the rest would join in um and like princess whatever came and da 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 da, da and was i had that whistle alive yeah he came to the rehearsal Oh. He like, I mean, it was just really weird. He sort of like grilled me like on this first page for like a what like, it was one of those that was really intense and I've really had that before. Um, so like as an opportunity, it was like this amazing thing. Uh, but of course, the idea of this dramatic, they draw the curtain and there's this like black black boy playing the trumpet and like it looks really good and they had like several performances of it for like the opening nights, of whatever. Mm. Um, the yeah. Again, people are like, oh, well. This is why. Obviously, you know why. I'm just saying, like, is it not because I, like, actually just practice a lot? Yeah. Um, But, like, so, yeah, I never got credit for any of that. And so, professionally, that kept going. Mm. Um, And then, I guess, sort of next era of my... Hashtag journey. Yeah, hashtag journey. Yeah. Hashtag black journey. Um, was Black Lives Matter. Mm. 2012? Oh, no. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Which, in reality, was a massive, like, was a massive awakening mm. for me. As a kid, I, basically, I was convinced that I was the same as everyone else. Mm -hmm. Growing up in Edinburgh... I'm the same as all the other white kids. Mm -hmm. There's nothing different about me. Sure, I'm a bit brown, but like I, I essentially was brought up white, like absolutely. Um, and my dad would try to talk to me about racism, and I'm like, Dad, like stop, like that's like mm. that's not gonna happen to me. I'm not gonna get spat on at the bus stop. I'm not gonna get beaten up at da 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 da. -da. That doesn't happen. That doesn't. That's not part of my life, and it never will be. Mm. So stop trying to make it into idiot. Yeah. <laughs> over here. Mm. Um. That yeah, sure. I've not like been beaten up or like whatever, but all the other crap that has happened. Yeah. Um. So yeah. No, that was massively like awakening for me. Um. And then started the whole. Um white friend starts messaging hey how can i do better hey what can i do about this hey oh i'm sorry mm. if i like did this to you and like oh can i just check that like it was fine for me to say that oh my god and like it was exhausting and mm. the thing what was kind of strange then was that people in the profession started doing it oh. um and there'd be musicians that i'd never actually met before but like we know like we know of each other yeah who would be messaging me asking for advice and it's like this is like the weirdest like mm. switch and like power dynamic ever that normally i'm the one that has to like as a trialist or as a freelancer or whatever you know you suck up to these people um and you go along and you be sociable and you do all the nice things to obviously like make people comfortable and have a nice time mm -hmm. um but in the hope that they like you and then they book you again and then continues the cycle. But um, for them to be like, teach me how to be better. And if they say something that's super ignorant and they're like, is that bad for me to say that I need to be like, yes, you sound like an idiot. Mm. Um, Suddenly put all that on you to like uh -huh. be the authority. Of uh -huh. 
as I'm like 21 year old like what do I like what do what, I uh, actually yeah. know and you're already in a position of like I'm on trial like it's a vulnerable mm-hmm. position to be in like it's a tricky tricky like, balance to then have people be like oh no but you tell us what to do mm-hmm. you know it was just really strange I didn't really know like how to deal with it until like eventually I got to a point where initially I didn't know and then Secondly, I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just, like, say whatever and, like, deal with the repercussions later. Mm-hmm. And then it got to a point where I was like, actually, like, this isn't my job. Yeah. Like, I'm not a teacher. Like, the classic phrase, like, just Google it. Yeah. Like, in reality, you get far more information than it coming from me. Yeah, sure, maybe it feels a bit more personal. And, like, I don't know, you're able to understand empathetically a bit. But it, it was, like, a very weird weird time and then sort of after that third era i guess it was still in now um was i was just like i'm gonna be unapologetically myself as much as possible that it isn't like a complete hindrance like i think that's also annoying that the the unfortunately has like for me certainly i feel like with myself there has to be a point of like tone some things down yeah yeah. But I think that's the same in like for everyone in different social situations. Like you're not gonna talk in a certain way with one group than you would with another. Um Do you think that's heightened in your job as a classical musician? Or do you yeah. think that would be the same whatever industry you worked in? I feel like it's more difficult to be your authentic self in the classical music world. Mm. Um as I say, like as a brass player as well, there's sort of the tradition of it, you know, it's very laddie and it's drink loads of pints and talk about girls and da 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 da. And I'm just there, like, sure. Um, not really sure what I can contribute to this mm. conversation. Just like keep drinking my gin and tonic in the corner. <laughs> um, what do you want to know about girls? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, honey, I can tell you. They be, they, be, they be telling me, honey, I'll give you that tea. Okay. Just stop trying so hard. But it's the thing, and then what's actually really weird is I've had, I've had these nights where in reality I do just like get too drunk and then the filter switches off. Yeah. Um, and like it happened, um, I mean, I won't go into specifics, but it like happened one night um, when I'd been in with, in with this orchestra and like I got out for drinks like considerably longer than I'd planned to but I was like trying to show face and like do the you know the freelance bit and um came to a point where I was like ass like got tapped on the shoulder being like oh uh, mate what do you want to drink I was like oh just a gin tonic babe and I was like <laughs> oh my god I just called the principal trumpet babe like I live and now I like I like was scared to turn around so I was like <laughs> bye and he was like Where's that been all week? I was like, what do you mean? He was like, like where, like where's that, like that chat, been that, like that was clearly how you talk and how you are. Mm. So like, where's that been all week? I was like, oh, I don't know. I guess just like I don't need call my like close friends that like, eh, and then like had a freak out. But then like went home and like thought to myself, I was like, if that is like genuinely like how I speak with people then certainly to at least try mm. and just be, well, not even have to try, just, like, be myself. But then, sure, if they get, like, offended or get, like, a weird response back, then, like, sure, I'll stop calling you babe. I'll call you mate. Um, <laughs> but it is, literally. But it's that, it is, like, a really weird, like, it was a shock yeah. for me that, like, this straight guy in the profession was, like you can act all campy and whatever around me. Like, I'm not... Mm-hmm. So it's more of like a, oh, where's that been? And like, oh, you can be yourself. Uh-huh. Rather than like, where the hell's this come from? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, not that at all. Yeah. It was like an encouragement of, you should be more mm. like this mm. if it is who you are, rather than... Because in reality, I'm, I, I don't know anything about sports. I know nothing about women. Um... <laughs> And I don't know very much about coffee or beer, which is what a lot, especially these trumpet boys. Trumpet boys love coffee. Love it. 
Love coffee. This is a social study. I don't know anything about trumpet boys. Girl, don't. It's too much. It's too much. I don't think much. I want to know, but it's The closest fast. you'll get is Stu, and he's not Aww, quite... Aww, he's tuba boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's not trumpet boy. Sorry. <laughs> the voice? <laughs> From the audience. The baby boys? I love that. He's, he's my boy. tuba boy. Tuba boy. Tuba boy. <laughs> but... No, it's a thing that because I don't know <laughs> what not... to talk about, I just don't say anything. Right. So I'll just sit. Like, you, I mean, you can already see I'm not a quiet person, like, at all. But, like, yeah. suddenly, weirdly, as soon as I get into these, like, situations, I'm then, like, I don't mm -hmm. know what to talk about, so I'm just going to, like, sit silently. And it's hard to portray, like, who you are if you're just, like, occasionally being like, yeah, or, like, <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. adding in these, like, small comments yeah. where you don't oh, feel not... like... Many straight, uh, blah, blah, blah. are there straight not trumpet players? Are there right. not many gay male trumpet players? Then is it not? I mean, I've I've never I've never worked with a gay trumpeter. I know that obviously I have friends that are. Yeah. But I've ne I've never but worked with them. Oh my god. Ever. I don't think I've That's ever. That's just really wild to me. Worked with a, yeah, me neither. Apart from you. Because half the string player men. Oh yeah. Uh, you know. Gay. And we can talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure them. No, I'm joking, but... Yeah. That is so interesting, though. But I, I suppose it's easy for someone to be like, you should show more of yourself... Yeah. ...from somebody who fits in with that kind of, like... Them, uh, yeah. yeah. Them being themselves is kind of what's expected. Mm -hmm. So I imagine it's like, yes, but from, from your kind of viewpoint of it. And, it, you know, it is kind of, from my perspective of, like, sometimes feeling like I have to hide or like filter certain bits of myself when I'm working it's like it's kind of tiring to mm. to filter yourself but also to put like curated bits of yourself out there to be like okay I can show myself this much or I can talk about like the podcast but then as soon as like mental illness comes up I have to like be really careful it's it's just like it's quite a lot of responsibility in an already kind of precarious profession that's kind of scary and networky and and you know then laddie and and gossipy and it's a lot yeah so from that point then how would you kind of explain the unapologeticness now being in your like professional life because obviously it's not exactly doing you a disservice mm. um and is playing at bronze um <laughs> So exciting. Yeah, well, I guess the reason that I've got that is because I'm black. Yeah, that does um, make sense. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is though, because I guess it is with Chinake. Like, it, there's like. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, as I mean, like, obviously being authentic isn't like putting you backwards. And is that how you would see it too? Like. Well, I think, like, thinking about it is what's really strange that I have, like, essentially not been myself for years, like, in these circumstances. And then, like, I then just had to assume that it's, well, then just the playing that they're going off of, that they keep rebooking me, um, that then now to be more myself, um, I guess also comes with the thing of like, well, I now like know these people because mm. I've like worked with this orchestra for five years now or this one for four or like maybe it's my first time going in somewhere but actually loads of my friends already play there. So it's kind of like, which I guess also with time is, again, just, like, getting to know people, mm -hmm. that it then is a lot easier. Whereas, of course, like, 19-year-old me, like, going into an orchestra for the first time, it was like, uh, I, I don't know what's going on. Mm. I, I know that my teacher said something about teas and coffees, but oh. I, I, can't, I, I can't remember... I don't yeah, know what else to do. Them. <laughs> it's like, do I get the tea? Oh no, someone else got the tea. Oh god, they're not going to book me again. Back. It's like the what mind game. What is this, this tea politics? I keep hearing. You don't know tea, coffee. Well, I like tea only from the. Because you're a journalist now. Everyone gets their own coffee. Oh well, I expense my coffee. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a sign of like. Tea. Submission. Coffee. So if you're oh I see so if you're on trial or like. Uh, you get the tees in to like win them over essentially Subcon yeah well, to, yeah to be like an, to be to be a, a good lad oh and then at the end of the day you get, you get the beer there you, you get the beers in oh 
This is an expensive hobby. <laughs> yes, because that's also the thing. Like you go into orchestra for the first time. Me at that age, I had no money. I, I was like, no money. I was like, I literally cannot afford to buy f f three teas or coffees for everyone. It's a lot. I had that in Manchester once where I tried to get the teas in, but my card was declined. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it's mortifying. <gasps> I'm going to never work again. Yeah, like, another on. one. Someone else can pay for it, it's fine. Mm -hmm. So are you working in an orchestra or are you kind of just just <laughs> sort of depping? Or yeah, do you no, have a just, job? It's just freelance, yeah, I don't okay. have a job. Okay. Um there's it's been a lot of rejections. Oh. A lot of rejections recently. Um It's a lot. Which um yeah, it sounds super privileged. It was like in reality something that I'd not had to deal with before. That sounds mm. so no. so pretentious but to be brutally honest it was like a bit um because as i say especially like at a young age as well like doing all these trumpet auditions i was like oh my god like i'm nailing this mm. like I i'm definitely gonna get one of these yeah to then yeah not realize all the other stuff that actually comes with you know being on trial and like getting on with people and all the i mean obviously all the social bullshit that we've just been speaking about, but also the actual important social stuff of like actually just getting on with someone because you mm. need to like, they're going to hire someone that they want yeah. to work with for potentially the rest of their lives. Um, that if I'm there just being like super quiet and the person I'm sat next to doesn't want someone super quiet, then obviously they're not going to, you know, so there was a lot of things that like hindsight obviously is great that I would have, perhaps tried to do more not in the sense of like oh i sh oh i should have done better i should have done better mm -hmm. but actually to push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit more might have had like a different impact on what uh my future would look like but actually with with the whole solo and quintet thing having an orchestral job in reality isn't the most ideal especially Certainly there were a few that I was trialling for that were like 50%. Oh, yeah. Um, or some of them, even, like 75 was like kind of okay. But a 100% job like wouldn't necessarily work. Yeah. Mm. Um, if I wanted to keep the rest of it going. Mm -hmm. But it, it's where, yeah, I guess with with Quintet and the, the solo thing is, as I say, it's sort of like fortunate that it's booked so far in advance that mm. orchestrally I just sort of like try and slot things in do you i don't know if this is just me reading into things but how do you feel about being like a solo trumpet player is that a terrifying thought for you would you ever want that to be everything or do you think that would ruin the joy of it well i think actually most recently all the stuff that i have done as a soloist I've had the moment on stage of like, this is why I do this. Mm. This is why I wow. play the trumpet. Yeah. This is why I'm so glad that I picked up the trumpet as a kid, which I think just sort of like, unfortunately from the way that my professors were at music college, that they put so much pressure on like what you need to do when you go into an orchestra that my mind was, fully fixated on that. There were very few moments, really, like maybe on one hand that I can count that I've sat in an orchestra and been like, I love this. Mm -hmm. This is why I do this. Mm -hmm. um, and in reality, it's most of those are probably concerts that were like very little pressure. Yeah. Um, like, for example, uh, like loads of people came to it and they were like, oh my God, it was the, the best fucking concert I've seen in ages um, that I did Mahler 2 at the proms with LSO last year. Which, on reflection, while like take myself out of the experience and look at it, was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and it was great. But I was sat there freaking out yeah. Yeah. about X, Y, Z. I was like, oh my god, people are listening, and like Mahler two, there's like the second trumpet bit, and like everyone's gonna be like listening to that, and da -da -da -da. like it was just sort of like a lot mm -hmm. um, that I couldn't enjoy yeah. the experience. Um, Whereas, I mean, it literally happened, um, I think a month ago that I was doing a recital with my pianist Zainab, uh, who we love, oh, yeah. we love. Um, 
and we we rehearsed the night before uh the concert because most of it was stuff that we loads of it we'd done before uh but there was this one new arrangement uh by friend of ours will foster um of this bach oboe concerto uh which i was to play on piccolo trumpet i've been practicing it and it had to be this like i had to practice it in this like super methodical way because i with like long pieces on piccolo like my tension like goes like absolutely crazy so i was trying to like you know everything loose everything loose relax relax lovely lovely music music love um, music music absolutely quote that absolutely <laughs> um and we came to sit down and rehearse it um and it was horrible it like it just wasn't working um and there was like no fault of will's um but it just like well i didn't realize will then told me later he was like you know oboists don't play this with piano because like it, it just doesn't work well, as true. a reduction okay. like if someone's playing this piece it needs to be properly performed mm -hmm. right. because to have it reduced it just sounds yeah a lot bad yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and then plus the whole piccolo thing that like audibly like i'm struggling and like it is not the relaxed easy beautiful bath that people want to hear um that zainab and i had 15 minutes left of rehearsal and she goes erin you know there's a version on imsop that's down a fourth that you could play on big trumpet and we could maybe just do that instead and i was like sure <laughs> let's try it and so we did like topped and tailed like each of the movements. The whole piece is twenty minutes long. Oh. So to have fifteen minutes of rehearsal, it was like okay. Um, and then I'm getting confused because like all the fingers are wrong and like it's also just in the wrong key mm -hmm. from what I'd learned. It. Um, and actually, I'm saying that it wasn't the night before the recital. It was the night before we did that gay oh baroque God. concert. So I agreed to do this concert with Becca, which in reality, we had the greatest time. It was very it was fun. So it was lovely. Funny. Um, but I had said to myself that I didn't want to do anything the day before this recital because I wanted to practice. And now suddenly I had this whole concerto to relearn for a concert that I was doing the next day and no time to practice it. And sorry, I really this is the most long-winded point. No, I'm living. The um, point the point was we then did the concert and we did the rest of the pro it was to end the first half. Mm -hmm. And so of course everything like before that is kind of like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, we need to play the back, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and like both of us are in the same boat, like freaking out, because obviously she has a million notes to play. Now um, yeah. And we did it. And we both had a great time. Aww. I had a fabulous time. I was kind of like, it, it was that weird, like, I, I don't know how I got the, the levels right of like nervous adrenaline and just sort of oh, like yeah. music yeah. love. Um, and sure. yeah, it was just like great. I had a really nice time. When we came off, came off stage for the interval and we were like, Oh my god! Like what? You and me? That, that was great. I had a really nice time. That was lovely. Oh my um, god, that's so cool. Manager thought something else, uh, but uh, so I don't think I'm playing it again. <laughs> but the experience will live with you forever. But the experience was great. Um, like it was, and it, again, it was sort of like this weird thing that there was actually an example of like I have twenty minutes of music with so many notes mm -hmm. that I can't know how they should sound mm -hmm. but physically don't know what they are mm. um but that was way more enjoyable than doing all the orchestral stuff that i've done before it's funny we talked about this recently of like performance anxiety or not enjoying performance and being like actually i, I didn't enjoy that performance i enjoyed the like validation i got from it or like the relief afterwards or like looking back on stuff and it's like oh my god i've been like directing my life towards something that I don't actually enjoy or like I thought I enjoyed so much more than I actually do. There was a massive period of time that the relief of a concert being over was the 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 joy. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think it was a weird it was a weird thing cuz lots of the lots of the jobs that I was applying for were for principal position and when I was at academy I didn't really I felt like I got more out of 
playing like second or third mm. um but then people would come to me and be like no 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 you're like a first player man like you do all your solo stuff and like quintet like but then that's the kind of player that like you are but actually i get what they're saying is exactly what it is like yes i am that player and i do do that that type of playing in solo and in quintet mm. but when i'm in orchestra that's not what i want to do mm. i don't like the the pressure of being in charge of certainly the trumpets if not like the trombones as well yeah. so then like the whole like anticipating to the conductor and the rest of the orchestra but like did it like there's too many yeah. things that seemingly don't come very natural and i can't for whatever reason just sit down in orchestra and feel like I, i'm owning it mm. which i feel like you need is like a principal trumpet it's so like mental the like the st strength and resilience that you need to uh that you genuinely need to have <laughs> in order to um in order to do yeah. that job i just don't think i have it Meanwhile, well, I mean, we'll see how the proms goes, but like, I feel like there, there might be a part of me that comes off stage after doing that and says like, that actually feels so much easier than if I was to mm. sit yeah. actually on stage and do something. Yeah, that's um, amazing. That's like massive though, because I feel like there is a pressure if you're a great trumpet player, you kind of expected to just do the top version of everything, you know, mm -hmm. play number one trumpet, be number one, blah, 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 mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Like, that's so amazing that you've kind of, like, found, or, like, you've been attentive to what you actually enjoy and what you're good at. And especially, like, in the face of having people react badly or kind of in a complex way to you receiving those opportunities during mm -hmm. your time at music college. Mm -hmm. I mean, it almost makes sense that you'd prefer not to... Well, yeah, exactly. Do the first position. Oh, yeah. yeah, Rebecca. <laughs> Don't want to be on the front cover of this um, no. prospectus. Thank well, you. What about, um, I guess, like coming away from having people react in that way to your success? Mm. How do you kind of see your success now? Do you still have a kind of voice that's like, oh, it's only because you're black? Or, or Does that still pop up? Or you kind of like completely let go of that now? I mean... I don't think so. I mean, like, there's, like, blatantly obvious things of, like, if it's, like, as you say, like, putting me on the front of a uh, prospectus yeah. or um, if they're doing, like, photos, yeah, photos for, like, social media or if they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, can we, like, can you come over and, like, do a little interview thing, which, I mean, I'd never really do, but, like, if I ever have, it's, like... Like this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whenever I'm asked to do podcasts, I always seem to be asked about my race. Um, <laughs> no, the um, no, I don't know. I think nowadays, not really, because I think I've also like kind of owned it. Yeah. Um, like what I was saying before with the um, before we started about the whole Lucerne festival last year, with the theme of diversity. And that in reality, I know that I was being asked out of a, a place of love from uh, Ursula Jones. Um, and she was like, it'd be fabulous for you to do a solo recital with piano. And I was like, I would absolutely love that. Thank mm. you. And she was like, yes. And, the, and also like with the theme of diversity. And part of me, um, I mean, again, it's where it's difficult because obviously I'm, I'm a bit biased towards her because I love her and I know that she means that out of a nice place mm. um that i was like yeah for a second i was a bit like oh god okay great that's the only reason that i'm doing this um but then i was like no actually i'm gonna like own that and uh yes it's gonna be about diversity and i'm gonna play diverse music and music that tells a story of diversity whether it's like pieces of like my like trumpet journey as a black trumpeter or uh whether you know it's from composers of color um you know there is that kind of thing there's always a way of flipping it mm -hmm. i think during 2020 and the whole george floyd thing there was a lot of um and understandably i did the same thing there was a lot of time for aggression and fighting back and da -da 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 -da, but not necessarily like initially owning and or when it then the aftermath of it of then having to own our experiences and 
um, yeah, I guess sort of like take charge again and not feel like, yeah, token tokens of whatever, mm. um, I guess. Mm. It was a lot of responsibility to suddenly know how to deal with mm-hmm. everybody and everything. And yeah, I don't know how you got through that that time and like didn't just explode well i mean it was already i mean it was already really weird i guess like i think i think if it happened in london for me if i was in london and it wasn't locked down i i i think it i think it would have been too much Mm -hmm. um especially because lots of friends of mine are you know very active and very vocal about racism and blackness and I just was not at all. Even like the first time I went into Chinookay Orchestra, again, it was like the first thing I moved down to London um, just before I was 18. And literally the first thing I did when I came down was I did four days of Chinookay Orchestra. Um, And I'd never been in a room with so many people of colour in my life apart from like maybe like parties that my dad used to go to when we were younger but even then that was always like a really weird thing because I didn't know anyone and it all felt a bit like overwhelming Mm -hmm. so I guess it kind of felt like the same thing like I walked in I was like this actually doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. um in a very like internalized racism kind of Mm -hmm. way it was like this like just doesn't happen no Hmm. and yeah, like, obviously, like, sat down, we started making music, and I was like, oh, my God, this is actually, like, amazing, and this is great. Um, and now it feels, like, very, like, basically everyone's just, like, a massive family there. Um, but it's still, like, you know, still talk to people yeah. a lot. And, yeah, um, yeah it, I think it was, yeah, it was just, like, such a, I mean, such a strange time already, like, during COVID, that mm. for that to then happen, um... In reality, I didn't do very much. Um, I know that, like, I was, like, asked to, like, speak on radio, like, BBC Scotland, lol. <laughs> um, where I basically said, like, I, I did maybe, like, did a little spiel for, like, a minute. But, like, they had some, like, actual, like, black Scottish, like, activist author guy who I can't remember his name now. And that's really bad. Um, but it was three years ago, so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he basically like led the conversation, but it, actually what was kind of better was like, I was briefed before I had by this like, um, young, uh, young Scottish guy, white guy, um, on the phone and he basically sort of like asked me loads of questions about my experience and da 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 da, um, which I hadn't really spoken to people mm, about really It's quite before. hard to then just do it on the radio. Um... Yeah, no, exactly, which is why I'm so thankful that, like, I spoke to him before. Yeah. Uh, but I just, like, told him loads of stuff, and he was like, oh, my God, this is, like, a- this is absolutely shocking. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, it is, actually, it's not great. Um, I mean, when I was younger, I always felt, like, more connected to, like, my friends of colour in school. Mm-hmm. But, again, because it's so small, like, I- I'm not, like, branching out. Not that I, as I say, necessarily could in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Um and so the first time I came down to London, I remember like coming off the train at King's Cross and I was like, where are we? Like, we're not in the UK. <laughs> this isn't the UK. There are too many, like, where are the white people? Yeah, yeah. Where are they? Yeah. It was so strange. Like, so weird. Yeah. Um, nice, weird, or? Just weird, weird, I guess. Just weird, weird. I don't know. I couldn't, like, yeah, not, like, bad. It's not like I suddenly was, like, you know, clutching my pocket oh. so that no one, like, Ooh. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it wasn't like super dramatic. It was just sort of like felt a bit like whoa. You'd not yeah. seen that before. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I think we're coming to the end of the interview. Righto. Oh. Um. I do you have any last questions? I feel like I've asked quite a lot of questions. I've asked some very good questions. I think. Um, do you have any last questions? Well, uh, mine was apart from win of the week, obviously. 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 Um. Yeah, like, life as a musician can be kind of testing at times. Like, how do you look after yourself? 
Or how do you not look after yourself? Um, it's always like very like weather dependent. Yeah. My like exercise life, running's massive for me. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm I'm not like a, I'm not a massive runner to clarify. Mm. Um, but it's massive in your life, but yeah. you're not. Yeah. You're not the runner. Yeah. You're not at the marathon today, for example. Absolutely not. No, no Absolutely you're already, not. You're already finished. That's why it's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won. Yeah. Even time for a shower, you know, like lovely. Beautiful. Um, no, running, and it's it's a weird thing actually. It was a friend of mine, Tom, Freeman Atwood. He, um, we were talking about exercise and like mental health, and he. I was saying that it was like running's really great for me because like it's the time that I like get out of the house and I just like think about all the shit that is like going through my head and and I think by like moving what would normally if I just like sat in my room and started thinking mm. I'd be like oh my god like freaking out and get really like anxiety and mm. whatever that um I don't know but seemingly by like moving well, I guess my heart's already going. <laughs> but like, it's more but, yeah, intentional. more productive yeah. kind of thing. But it like, I don't know. It weirdly like, I just like process. Yeah. It and then when more often than not, because in reality, there's not really that much for me to to worry about on a day to day. That if I like go for a run for like twenty to thirty minutes, more often than not, I'll have like complete completed uh, everything in like the first half of the run Mm -hmm. Mm. and so then the rest actually then feels like a very like free liberating thing Mm -hmm. um but if that doesn't work at the moment i go a lot to parliament hill lido very nice so i like do the run because i refuse to get into that water like just from the train yeah like absolutely not need to warm up Uh Mm uh-huh i I need i need to be sweating before i get in that freezing cold water yes absolutely not there's no there's no way that you can catch me just jumping in there no no absolutely not absolutely not so um yeah and then again that also like i don't know just like being in water and like Mm. it's very blue and it's like the obviously water's well Sorry, that sounded really stupid. It's not that bad. The, bo- the bottom of the pool is reflective, so it reflects the sky, and so it's the water looks incredibly blue, and it's very nice. It Aww. feels like you're swimming in like one of those nice um, beach sea things. Wait, the ones are really blue. Beach sea. This is different from you know? that Hampstead bathing ponds. Yeah, not those, girl. No. Okay. It's close though. Yes, it's yeah. just around the corner. Geographically, yeah. but it's. Is blue, whereas those are not blue. Brown. No, those are, yeah, that's mud. That's what I thought. That's why I was quite surprised when you said it was no, blue. No, 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 it's a, it's like a pool, like oh, an gorgeous. actual. Like, it's a sixty meter. It's like blue. it's gorge. It's really nice. Um, but yeah, again, like just like doing that and yeah, it's like very helpful. In reality, my flatmate Thea, like the two of us are like each other's rock. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very cute. Um, and yeah, we've had like. Again, it's also great that we basically had the same journey, both musicians of colour, both of half white, half Nigerian. Is she? Is it she? Yeah. Is she a double bass player? Yes. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, Got the right person. Yeah. The two of us are um, fab. And so, like, a lot of the time, well, I mean, like, we speak to each other about anything mm-hmm. and everything. Um, so in terms of like processing stuff, also she's great for me. She's essentially like my mother. Like she will, if I'm being stupid, which I do a lot, um, then she will tell me off. Mm. And then I need to like, you know, go and sort my shit out. And then she's like, good. Well done. Well done. Love you. I love that. Um, so yeah, in that regard, like there's that, but... I don't know, just like little things. I mean, I've not done it in ages, but I need to like skincare and stuff. Like the like the therapeutic set, like the last like twenty minutes of the day, and just mm. sort of like gently like Love. massage your face. And yeah, yeah. So that yeah, I've not done that in a while. Um, you can inspire you to get back. Absolutely, I'll do. It I want to get one of those like <laughs> gun no, type gun what massage. Yeah, massage gun, girl. I just bought one. <gasps> no. I just bought one. For not face. for the face. Oh, for the what? What? <laughs> for the face. With the little bristles on the end and it like... Wait, what? That's oh. Thing. You... I know what you're talking what about. What is that? One of those rollers. No. It does this. Isn't it just like an exfoliator thing? Maybe. Little bristles. Little bristles, That's yeah. It's not a... 
Yeah, massage gun doesn't. I need massage. that though. But you got a massage gun. I did buy a massage gun quite recently. <gasps> What? Um, I don't use it very much. It's the thing that it's really, it's where it's like really annoying because then like to use it on yourself. If I'm trying to like do my shoulders, which is like my massive problem, yeah. That then there's loads of tension in this shoulder because <laughs> I have to hold it up because it's actually quite heavy. You need to get fear and, on the case. Well, yeah, exactly. But she she'd been away all of like all most of this week. That's just not on. But it's very weird. I'm very like up and down. Mm. I think. Um, alcohol is a massive play on that. Mm. Um, I just presumably traveling like it's hard to have a kind of regular schedule of doing these things when your life's yeah not predictable in that mm-hmm. way well i think i was thinking about it the other day that also of course the way that like stuff like drinking and drugs and whatever like affects people differently mm. that there are friends of mine that i don't understand like how how they still function how are like you going i i mean i just did like a three like basically like three week bender that was like working with you know um which was great and um in reality i was actually i was very sensible for once like sober during performance wow every single one for three weeks isn't it a non-drinking orchestra anyway yes yes it is <laughs> One hundred, and that is why you were sober the entire time. Yes, because you were abiding by the rules. Uh, yes, no, but I was actually sober. Um, Did you play the Toto, uh, Totostadt, the Dead yes. City? Yes, yes. Oh. Going to say Totoro. No. I thought you were going to. Which I be? I got asked to play for Totoro, and my manager <gasps> said no. Well, that she wasn't... was like the money's not good enough. Which I mean, it, it but really you get wasn't. to play in a tree. What on the stage? Oh, well, I didn't know that. They're like in a tree on the stage. Oh, that's rubbish. I wish I knew. Well, no, that's great. Sorry, it's rubbish that I didn't do it. Also, not that. I hate that thing. Oh, yeah, I was asked to do that. No, I was told. I was like, no, Aaron, you're not allowed to do it. Um, I'd love someone to do that for me. No, that gig is too shit. Mm-hmm. It's a no. You don't do any gigs. Well, exactly. <laughs> well. I was asked to do one the other day. And you said no. I said no because. I physically didn't even know if I could play the cello anymore. After being like, I reckon I could do a recital on three hours prep. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so, well, I think we're coming to the end now. Yeah. Um, We normally do this, like, win of the week thing where we just sort of share, like, a small thing from our week. Mm. Just because we kind of want... Some people think our podcast is a little bit dark, so... (laughs) For those people... Yeah, who that laugh? Sorry. (laughs) gonna put that in the intro oh, God. <laughs> so we normally yeah just have like a little kind of positive end um i'll go first good thank you my one of the week was oh you don't have one yeah you should go first i don't have one either oh Even no we know we um go on will i yes um win win of the week yeah, yeah little um win. little win i Cooked myself two excellent ramen dishes. Um, yeah, that's a lot of parts to that. For oh no 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 not like, like as in it's like noodles. Oh sorry. But then like extra stuff on top of that. Like instant noodles with stuff. Okay, now it doesn't sound like a, <laughs> no, a win. It's very good. <laughs> we little, are destroying Aaron's win. The no, point. The point being. I was thinking like Wagamama's mama's like. No, no, not quite. I mean, it's like, it was a, like, chilli peanut butter ramen. Nom. Like, with the noodles. And then, like, chicken thigh fried in, like, garlic, ginger, soy, honey, chilli, sesame oil. Okay, this counts as a win. And then, like, tender stem broccoli fried in the same stuff. It was really good. The point being that I never cook for myself, mm. ever. So the fact that I did, like, did it for dinner one night, and then I did a different one for lunch the next day, and I was like, this is excellent. Because it's, e- it's easy. It's it easy, and it's beautiful. very rewarding. Yeah. The hardest bit is getting to the kitchen, and mm-hmm. also having all the ingredients there. Yeah, I had to go to the shop, which was a bit ass. But I hate that bit. Yeah. You can understand why they do deliveries. That's what I live off delivery. It's horrific. It's fine, I'm getting done with snow. Diversify. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my win of the week was when people ask me how things are going, 
I am honest with them. This week, anyway. This week. Mm. Like, is there an example? I think a lot of people want a specific answer when they're like, how's it going? It's so exciting, your life, or whatever. Because mm. my life is thrilling. Um, they want you to be like, oh, it's going brilliantly. But I'm like, no, do you know what? I am overworked and underpaid right now. Mm. And there are parts of my job that are great, but actually it might not be great for much longer unless I sort it out. And I kind of like, I feel like saying that honestly holds myself accountable because now mm. next week, like I know I'm going to do something about it. Mm. That makes sense. But I always feel like I have to be the one to have the big conversations with people. I hate having big conversations with people. No, you don't. You love it. Yeah, I do kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everyone's like, oh, I hate to, like, I hate to rock the boat. I hate to be the centre of the mm. mm. Me. Um, okay, Rebecca. I can't think of any well, you that think... you're going to be happy with. Uh, what about... Oh, there is one, but you probably shouldn't share it. No, I'm not going to share that one. Okay. On, then... the, on the main feed. Uh... <laughs> I'm intrigued. What has Rebecca done this week? No. What about... Have you rung anybody? Have you answered the phone? Uh, actually, yeah, I called a lot of people. I hate, I hate the phone. Talking yeah. on the phone, and I called Same. the bank. I called Scottish Power. Called TFL. All these people just to be Why? like, because <laughs> I just forget my passwords. <laughs> like, hey, how are you? Hey, hey TFL. Um, yeah, I forgot all my login details for everything. Uh, um, and locked all my accounts and... That's big adulting there, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was filling out my accountant spreadsheet. Needed to find out how much interest I got last year. 31p. They really needed to know that. Bravo. Yeah, thank Love you. Love that. Encore. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> So thanks, Aaron, for coming all this way and sure. the crowds and our internal. Yeah, I hope you find stresses. out what the crowd was. Oh, I break. thought you were making a joke that we were like in front of a live studio audience or oh. something. <laughs> hope it was okay in front of all the crowd. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah, this is a weird. Oh, the crowd's on my way here. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll find out what it is. I'm That's fascinated. good. Yeah. Tag a little. In, uh, info bit on the end of the podcast, yeah, sure. like, just to let you know. I mean, just hope it isn't something horrific. No, yeah, maybe not. It's we'll find probably out. football or something. So it is horrific. Some kind of sport. Yeah, but yeah. nothing unexpected. The worst. Expected horror. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. On that note, thanks. thank you. It's been so nice. Okay, bye.